Welcome back inside the TCA studio. It is the Tuesday after Labor Day, signifying that summer is over. And just in case you checked out for the last couple of months, just in case you gave yourself a little distance, let's hit a quick recap on what you might have missed in the sports world while you enjoyed those summer days and oh-ho, those summer nights. right near the fence by Mullins, and that is the ball game. And the Orioles take two out of three for the Blue Jays. Good lead at first, not going. And Schneider with a fly ball to left. Deep and gone! His fifth home run in 11 major league games. Kicked in by Matthews. Here it is. You know, I don't think I've ever done things just to be different. I just, you know, felt strongly in, in my situation, in my position that. You know, that was the best, uh, the best deal for myself and the best deal for the team. On second and ten, Mazzoli, and he goes down. Stumbles back to his feet, and Jeremiah doesn't look right. Well, you saw him grab that left knee right away when he went down. From Steps up, runs again. have announced they have signed free agent winger Vladimir Tarasenko. It's a one-year contract worth $5 million. There's a rocket. Alexander keeps the dribble alive, lays it in and one, Brooks for the tie, yes, 80-80 with a minute 10 to go, great discipline and maturity by Dylan Brooks, Gilgis Alexander, Canada leads, last chance for Spain, Abrinas, You are all caught up and we will tell you more. Matt Robinson, Rob Christie, back in the TCA studio as you head back to work, back to school, back to normal. Rob, welcome back inside the studio. How were your summer days and your summer nights? I think of of a young Rob with a bowl cut, probably like a good quality eight is enough haircut. (laughs) Straight across the front anyways. (laughs) Seriously, my mom, what are you doing? Um, But yeah, loving the... um, 
Loving the Olivia Newton-John late in that grease with the with the super tight black Just pants. painted on. Woo! Unbelievable. Young enough to not know any better and, you know. Yet old, still get the tingles enough just to a little bit. slightly yeah. interested. Yeah. yeah. What, what am I looking what, at right now? What's <laughs> happening here? Can well, I bend a boner? Probably. Okay. Well, <laughs> welcome back, everybody. <laughs> We are off and running on a brand new episode of the Talk and Audio Podcast. Make sure you're following along on whatever, one of the many now platforms that uh, that social media has expanded to at Talk and Audio, and make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. It's been a busy summer, man. A lot going on. We didn't even cover everything. I, there was some MMA notes that I cut out of there because it was getting a little long. There was some PWHL announcement that didn't have any great audio to fit in there. Uh, it's been it's been a wild summer. Some of it we touched on before, but oftentimes the good listener, you know, kind of disappears, unplugs for the summer, right? Yeah. Maybe heads off to to whatever. So you're all caught up now. Uh, we do have pints. We always we always have pints. I wouldn't, I wouldn't show up if we didn't. <laughs> right. What the hell are we even doing here if not? Let's start there. What do you got, ma'am? Uh, today I am drinking something from a brewery that I've I've never had before. I'm drinking a little... Water. S- it's water. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? It's a celery stick. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of... Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. It is called Klondike Clark. Really? It's a Lagerdale... From Long Slice. What's up, Home Slice? Yeah. Yeah, no idea. Never heard of the old Long Slice. Right on Front Street in Toronto. Really? Yeah. So uh, this will be my first poll, but a Lagerdale. I don't, and, I, and you know what? I, we were talking in the green room about one I had yesterday. Tasty. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only assume that this is, because the difference between a lager and an ale, right? Top fermenting versus yeah. bottom fermenting. Um. Yeah, that you're using lager yeast in a in an ale, I, and I don't know that. Right. I'm just assuming that the lager, which is a bottom fermenting at a cooler temperature, they're using sort of ale yeast. Is is or lager yeast in an ale recipe? If that makes any sense to you. <laughs> Anyways, long slice five point two. Um, I'm gonna have a pull at this, but uh, we'll see. What do you got? So I felt a little. Uh, I don't know. Guilty would be too strong, but I felt like over the last couple of months, been having a lot of Kawartha beers, right? Based on where I was posted up and, and maybe neglecting our friends here in Ottawa just a little bit. So when I got back to town, felt like let's, let's circle back. Let's visit some of our friends here. Uh, I've mentioned a few times over the summer, uh, the Whippersnapper Brewing Company, but I circled back to our friends at Vimy and I circled back to our friends at Nita and, uh, I'm going to start here today with something from Vimy. You know, I've said on this show a bunch of times, the Vimy stout is, in my opinion, the best stout in Ottawa. Quite often in the fridge. Yeah. It often is either on tap or, uh, or in a can. So headed over there and they had a couple things going on, but we'll start with what I'm actually drinking here today. Grab this one because it's not one that I've had anywhere near as often. This is their NEPA Northeast IPA and they don't do a whole lot more with the naming schemes, right? They don't go crazy. It's just, here's the Vimy Red. Here's the Vimy Cream Ale. Here's the Vimy Stout. So this is the Vimy Nipa. Uh, looking forward to checking this one. I believe I've had it once before. I did one of those, I think I talked about it last year, uh, Brew Donkey Tours. Yeah. That's the only time I've had their Nipa was when I went in and sat down. They brought everybody out of flight and uh, and tried that one then. It's the first time we've got a couple cans of it, and that's what I'm going with today, ma'am. Okay. Well, with... Um, 
And this over here is quite nice. And I think I, I was telling you in the green room that the beauty of a, of a lagered ale is it sort of has that ale coloring, but sort of with that, with that nice lager crispness. Right. Right. So it has a kind of a darker color and, and more of a full bodied flavor. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoy it. I enjoyed the one yesterday, which was a beach me up Scotty from Perth. Yeah. That one I've seen around a, a bit this summer at the LCBO yeah. on tap. And, and so this is called the Klondike Clark. Loggerdale from Long Slice, a 5.2. I did remember. Yeah, a boy. Um, quite nice, and and that's actually probably the third Loggerdale I've had this summer, and I'm kind of feeling it. I'm feeling it in terms of its traditional air quotes beerness. Yep. Right, but it has a, a bit more of a of a fuller body. I well, know you go in for that. I do. <laughs> uh, before <laughs> on on all sorts of fronts. Uh, before I move back over to the Vimy here, in terms of what we were falling into this summer, what we were feeling this summer. I may have mentioned it the last time that uh, you and I did this together back in early August. It was going in big this summer for the cervezas, right? A lot of the Mexican loggers. Yeah, it's light. Yeah. Light bodied. The opposite of this. Actually. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, spent a lot of time this summer down at the cottage and, yeah, out on the patio down by the, you know, it's hot as balls and you're just nice and crisp. Whose balls? Yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, it's good. Anyway, it was thirty-two it was degrees, man. When I came into the studio today, I was in the pool already a couple of times. September. I don't know what the hell is going on, but yeah, that was sort of my beer of the summer. When I would see that kicking around, I was I was going with the with the cervezas that people see, were offering it, up. It's funny because I think uh, what I've sort of and fallen into was a good expression because I don't always seek out these things, but a lot of uh, sort of uh, Italian or Czech style pilsners. Yeah, that's interesting. Sort of came my way, especially the Italian style. See, I I was just saying to somebody the other day, I've only ever had a couple Italian style Pilsners and I wasn't feeling it. Well, to me, I, I don't like know what the Peroni is. Okay. It's it's like socks and ass. Okay. So. Hard pass. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> Unless that's what you go in for. If you enjoy that, yeah. then knock yourself out. But sure. I, I do not. Um, so, but yeah, uh, to me, in terms of what I've had around the pool and, and whatnot, there have, have been quite a few sort of Pilsners, which as you suggest, and on a hot summer day, gorgeous, something a little lighter and crisper and thir- crushable thirst quenching. Yeah. Tell me something. Another thing I've been. We're kicking- not moving on yet. I'm going to circle back to this Nipa here from the Vimy Brewing Company, who uh, went in to see them last week. Oh, I thought you said that's good. I thought that I thought that was it. You've done the wrap up, and this it, is good. I thought you said it's. Uh, it is nice and juicy. Went in there. The reason I, I I need to circle back, man, was one of the reasons to go over there. First of all, was I had to return a keg uh, that was empty, and so grab some cans over there, and uh, also return to the keg and. <laughs> Look, it went in because they had something new listed on their website. It was called Lemon Orange Rice Candy Ale. Mm. I was like, I I need to see what that's about. And I was going to grab a couple of cans, but it's one of those things that they've, for now, only got on tap in the brewery. Wow. And so we were in a hurry. We didn't have time to sit down and have one. But, you know, we, we know the guys over there, and they've always been pretty good to the show as well. And yeah, let me try just a little bit of that while you're doling out the cans i'm here to grab them no problem it was exceptionally sweet right like Mm. not as a like this is really sweet like more like it actually tastes sweet Sweet. (laughs) so really enjoyed it 
I'm going to have to circle back over there when I have a few minutes to sit down and, and actually have a pint of it. I do hope that it makes its way into, uh, into being sold canned, but, uh, for now, uh, in on tap over at, uh, at Vimy, well worth checking out. Super interesting. I did grab a couple other things from there. They had to disappoint me. The stout, not quite ready yet, right? It's, it's more of a fall thing. It's more of a winter thing. Yeah. It's coming. And, uh, I will be back for that as well. Probably in keg form, that one. So sweet, like, um, like. Like candy. Okay. And so I was going to say sweet in a beverage, sweet, like a breakfast cereal or sweet, like. It's actually not syrup. a terrible. Yeah. No closer to a breakfast cereal, okay. like that lemon orange going on that. And they're, they're calling it a rice candy. This obviously, I believe is a, is of Japanese origin somewhere like mixed in with it. You don't say. Yeah, exactly. Really tasty. So if you're in the area, they're over on industrial here in Ottawa. So if you're in the area, uh, and you have time to, to stop in there. Make sure you check it out. Rice uh, wines, rice beers, rice candy, why not? Yeah. You wanted to take me somewhere else though before. Uh, yeah. Something I've re- I'm really, I, I've spent the summer mulling over is, is, and I've, I've really wanted to for a pile of maybe 30 years. I've been sort of looking towards getting a tattoo. Okay. Where do you stand on a tattoo? Yeah. Uh, if it's something, look, you do what you want to do. Good listener or Rob or it's, whatever. It's two beavers fucking and it's going to be on the back of my neck. Yeah. Get it right on your face. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> look, I personally, not really a tattoo guy, unless it was something that was incredibly meaningful. Like I don't really understand the, I've always wanted to get a tattoo. So I'm just looking to come up with what yep. it's going to be. I totally agree. This is what's taken me so long. It, it, it's sort of to me, the other way around, like whatever this image is or this name is, or this date is, or whatever it might be, that's really important to me. I want to tattoo it on me. I get that. It's more the, eh, I'm kind of bored on a Saturday. I'll go get something else stapled onto me. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I want the Chinese characters that say fellatio. Sure. Right. That's kind of what you, what you're going for. Uh, no. So to me, it's, it's, um, I'm just down to the spot now where I need, I need to find a, a good tattoo artist is, is really where I'm going now. I've, okay. I've settled, I've settled on the tattoo, mm-hmm. um, which is un, a very unoriginal, but I'm going to go with the, it's, it's the family coat of arms and, and by coat of arms, it's really the emblem, right? Which for the Christie family is it's, it's a stump, right? That's <laughs> it's, it's, sorry. Yeah. Like a tree stump, <laughs> right? That's been cut clean, but there's a fresh spray. You already have one of those tattooed on your pelvis. <laughs> it's, a, it's 3d. <laughs> It's uh, just barely. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's like a soup can <laughs> more than a stump. Um, but it's got a fresh sprig coming out of it. And okay. I haven't always liked that, right? Because it, it, there's, there's no real way to do it without it looking cartoonish. Right. So I found a, a, a some artwork that has actually fresh stuff growing out the sides of, so the, the, the motto is sick Varesco is the Christie family motto, which translates. Always be drinking. Yeah. <laughs> always drunk, (laughs) which actually means thus I flourish. Okay. So thus the cut with the fresh growth in the cut. Right. right? Um, so that will be on the, on the right delt. I'm going to go with that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's cool, but I am already planning for the second one, which interesting. My mother's maiden name is Stuart. It's Brady Kachuk's face. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. Right above my ass. Ba- baby Kachuk <laughs> right there on my head. No, it's, uh, the Stewart family motto is, and, and this to me speaks to me as well, is courage 
grows strong at the wound. Hmm. Courage. It couldn't have come at a worse time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In a motel that has the lay of home. That's a bummer, man. Yes, for sure. For sure it is. And it speaks to the quality of carpeting you have at home. At really. home, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. You're like, that's shitty 70s furniture and thin, worn-out carpet. Yeah. So anyways, that, I am going to pull the trigger on that in the next in the next couple of months. But it's 30 years in the making because, I want, as you've su- just suggested, right, you want something that's never going to go bad. Right. That you go, that's super cool right now. I want vanilla ice. <laughs> I was just going to say, like counting crows. Yes. So there you go. You're trying to go back. Uh, Mr. Jones. Great tune, man. didn't love it at the time, but it's really grown on me. Okay. Loved it right away. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's the white dude with the dreads. I was like, oh, cornrows. And you're like, I'm not sure what's happening there. Yeah. But anyways, that is the major achievement of my summer. He's decided. What to have tattooed. We're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to do this. And there's never. Do you have any thought to the, the TCA logo? Um, <laughs> yep. Totally. Bottom of my foot. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on the top of my foot. That, would, they, that I'm sure would roll smoothly. Sure. I'm a sandal guy. You know that. Yeah, you know I do. that about me. And I am uh, from April to November sandal guy. So it'll get lots of, it'll get lots of wear. Yeah. People would be like, hey, check that out. Look at that. Look at it. Look at me. Uh, I just thought I should mention briefly before we kind of get into the meat of today's show, a, a couple of thank yous quickly because- You're you know, welcome, we, Matt. We've I, been, I'm here for it. It's just whatever you need. Yeah. Uh, That's not for me. I need a little second to breathe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I need you to stop talking. Uh, but we've, we've done a couple of these shows now. Rob doesn't even know it. He was on the show last Monday. Uh, something I, we I do pre- know it. We had pre-recorded People have actually reached summer. out to me and told me they fucking hate it. So Really? Okay. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> actually, one did tell me that in yeah. person today. Okay. <laughs> wow. Not us, but the song. Oh. I thought even the episode would have been acceptable, as long as it's not all out hate towards the hosts. Yeah, well, that, that is also not new. But, uh, you know, you pre-record a couple of things, uh, so I can slide out of here, be at the lake, had, uh, a bunch of guests, but there was a couple of people who stepped up repeatedly throughout the summer, uh, namely Michaela Schreider and Steve Bunda, who- Good people. Yeah. Took the call, did the remote pods while, uh, you know, Rob, Rob doesn't love doing it remotely. Rob's somebody who's got to be right there in the room to bring his full level of, of goodness to the show. So- uh, yeah, if we're going to do something remotely, those are two people that probably each did at least three and maybe four episodes this summer, just when breaking news was happening, whenever the, the Monday morning thing was coming back around. So shout out to them and shout out to all the other guests that we had on the podcast. Uh, Dean Brown was back in, Kevin Mickey was back in, Lever Sage was back on the podcast. Uh, when I was back in here, of course, AJ Jackiebeck was here. You know, we've, uh, we've had some guests this summer, a lot of people that helped, I don't know, keep it alive Yep. In a place where... In a downtime. Yeah. Uh, there's not always a ton of news and not always a ton of desire to roll back into the city. So thank you to anybody who answered the phone when we called and... Uh, anybody. Yeah. Anybody. <laughs> it's that fucking Matt guy again. I swear to Christ. Swipe. Grandma. Grandma. <laughs> can you come on the podcast? Uh, cousin Brandon was on the podcast. That was kind of oh, fun at some yes. point. Yeah. Sat in for grandma. So Love uh, him. Love that guy. The uh, Funhouse Mirror Phil Castle. Yeah, exactly. So. He's a handsome feller. Uh, look, we got a bunch of places we could start, man. I, I don't know 
Oh, you know what? You haven't been around for a couple of weeks. Where do you want to go first? Ah, oh, man, you, you've put me on the spot. Because mm. where I really want to go, I want to go to the Blue Jays. Yeah. That Blue is, Jays. Yeah. I love hearing the uh, Jose Berrios. Yeah. His commercials with the uh, Roberto Clemente Day coming up. I think he's on the mound as we speak right yeah, now. Yeah. He uh, he says Blue Jays. The way Blue Jays. Yeah. I love the Blue Jays. It's fun, man. Harkens me back to Roberto Alomar. So... <laughs> A, a, a kinder, gentler, HIV, all those things, right? Just Wow. <laughs> yeah. You don't remember that? Vaguely. Him him being HIV positive and, and, and having unprotected sex with a woman who didn't know. Alomar? Yeah. No, I didn't. Okay. I don't remember that at all. I remember the talk of him beating the shit out of a woman or two, but. Yeah. Spit, yeah, just, man, turned out to be a bad dude. Spitting on people, yeah. Like, and he was my favorite. Yeah. Like, he was my well, I think guy. he was most people's favorite, man. Incredible ball player. Yeah. Terrible person. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, that's a shame on so many levels. But, um. Somebody, I think we got, was it, is it Jordan Hicks who rolled in at the deadline? Yeah, Hicks. Wearing his number? Yeah, well, you said that to me. You're yeah. like, hey, you I think we're work? officially done with the level of excellence there for old Roberto Alomar because somebody's got the, uh, the number on. It must have been Hicks, yeah. Yeah, just, I am at my, I'm at my wit's end mm-hmm. with this ball club and, and I am, as we've talked in the past, I am heavily invested like, to me, I'm a hockey guy. And as we sit here, they're a game and a half out. Like, that's important for us to keep in mind because I'm also sick of these fucking guys. Like, sick. But, but they're in it. Like, this is not a terrible baseball. I've watched terrible Blue Jay teams. But yeah. I didn't hate them as much as I don't like this team. But yeah. This team, tell me something before we get into any of the nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. If I was to ask you, you're walking down the street, you're wearing a Jays hat. Sure. I yeah. was wearing a Jays hat yesterday and... If you were, if somebody asked you, hey, you like the Jays? Yeah, I love the Jays, you know. Who's your guy? Who on this team do you gravitate towards? Who was a guy, if I was to say to you, I'd buy that jersey or I would do whatever. Who is it on this team? Romano? That- <sighs> like, I'm fed up with, uh, with Guerrero. Number 27, you're not, uh, I don't really love... Bo's our best player. I don't love Bo. Like, I'm not buying a Bo jersey. Well, he just doesn't... Just, I don't like he seems like, he seems much. a bit. He seems a little sullen and... I don't like Merrifield very much. I don't like Biggio very much. Springer? Uh, Where are you in Springer? No. Yeah. Yes. How about a Jansen? Can I talk to you into a Danny Jansen? Comes complete with... Broken hands. Baseball magnet. <laughs> <laughs> shatters your wrist a couple times a All year. Right, and, and this is my point. Really is... It's not a likable group. It's, it's just and, a bunch of red ass, whatever. Yeah. I just go, I don't know, man. I don't know what's happening here with, with, with this squad that had this sort of group and you. I don't mind most of the pitching staff actually. Yeah. Gosman, I think is. Despite, Love Gosman. Yeah. I want, I want Gosman. I here. like Barrios. Takes me back to. Kikuchi's been fun. He's bounced back this year. Been pretty good. Not so good the last couple, eh. but you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a not very likable group for yep. some reason yep. and, and not like bad dudes like HIV no. and, <laughs> and whatever else. Beating up girlfriends yeah. and stuff. No. None just... of those things, but that we know of. Um, but it just, it's, and maybe it's the play that goes along with it. There seems to be some at times indifferent play and yep. not run, like for the Varsho and Kiermeyer things where we talk about hard out of the box and rounding first, like you're shooting for a double every time. Yeah. 
you know, the, the amount of Vladdy, you know, stretching, trying to pimp doubles a single? into singles. <laughs> like you're not hitting for the cycle here, man. You're not trying to stretch. Was that Sunday? That was Sunday. When he Sunday. cranks one, he yeah. thinks is a home run. Yeah. He's looking at it. And yeah. all of a sudden he's life and death to, well, he turns it into a single and it's only a shitty throw back yeah. in by the Colorado defense that allows him to kind of sneak into second. You were in no position, man. No. With the season you're having. The to, position, the team's in, everything yeah. about it. Giver, man. This is, you know that this is, you know, coming into that game, they were four and four on this super soft, easy 15 yep. game stretch. Yeah. And you're four and four. Do not lollygag. If it's a no doubter, if it's like the Horowitz home run, you can look at it from the box and go, yeah, that's gone. What a bummer that we're sitting here talking about Vladdy having to look up to the Spencer Horowitz home run. Yeah. Depending on that bison bump, right? Get get those Buffalo guys to carry us to the promised land. And and this is what, this is where I'm, I'm just, it's this, it's this constant uh, like I, I watched the game Saturday night and I was I was in the middle of texting you they blew you. a five nothing lead yeah and then they end up losing eight seven and the only reason they're there is when you got that guy who's blown ten saves and tried like hell to make it <laughs> to make it eleven yeah he got two more in the Lawrence, ninth just couldn't quite get yeah there. exactly yeah. well he walked he hit a guy walked a bunch and you're like fuck wild pitch <laughs> they're gonna guy. give this to us. yeah thank God because we can't take <laughs> we can't it take it and I was in the middle of texting you to say, I just barfed on my own shoes. <laughs> but I was like too lazy. It was too late in the night. And I'm just like, and pissed off. Like and just I, watching And I would have believed you, yeah. were, you were out somewhere. That's true. That's true. That's oh, true. I, the, he's watching the game would have been the last thing to cross. <laughs> Where are you? I started, I started having I'm to in your lobby. It. Yeah. <laughs> at two in the afternoon and it, it turned into a midnight showing here. Yeah. Um, but that's what I, I just feel like. These fuckers can't beat anybody. No. And Joe Siddle said it. And they can. That's the thing. They're in it. They're winning. They're well above 500. They are, as we sit here right now, a game and a half out of a playoff spot. When you look at the statistics, you're like, this is a pretty good team. But fuck, I hate watching them. Yeah. Well, it's, and, and they're a game and a half both, Texas and Houston. Yeah. And those teams play each other, like right now. Yeah. Like tonight is a start of a three-game series of, of Houston and, and Texas. Yeah, you got Oakland, Kansas City, and then a four-gamer with Texas, where you're going to have to make hay in that one. Like, you're going to have to... You'd like to sweep somebody here in one of these next two fucking series and stop giving shit away. You mean like the worst place, the worst team in the National yeah, that'd League? that'd be awesome. And then the worst team in the American League coming at you this week. And they were and, and they allowed like 22 runs to the, to the, to the Rockies yep. in three games. Yep. And you're like... That's fucking yeah, They were life and death, even in the wins. For sure, man. And you're like, oh my God. And you got, yeah, then four games against uh, against Texas, and that's your season. Yeah. Then you have the Red Sox, Yankees, Rays, Yankees, Rays. Yeah. So it's, Joe Siddle said 10, 12 games ago, he's like, yeah, a soft schedule is only good if you're playing good baseball. Yep. If you're not playing good baseball, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Right. And you see that. Well, and the rotation has softened a little, as you pointed out earlier. Kikuchi hasn't been quite as good. Bassett hasn't been quite as good. Like, Gosman, not so great after like, Ryu has been better than I expect. You're getting more out of Ryu than I would have thought you were going to this season. Like 100%. a capable five starter. 100%. He's been fine. But like, that's the thing that's carried them this long. And they're sort of stumbling at this point. And I saw a great tweet. It might have been Stoughton 
who pointed out that the Blue Jays, you know, all season we've been talking about the stats are fine. Everything's going to even out. You'll regress to the mean, right? He goes, oh, it turns out the only thing we're going to regress to the mean on is finally the injury bug catching up to us. We yeah. had been remarkably healthy we're all year until the home stretch, and now everybody's fucking hurt. So Yeah, and it, so Jansen's not coming back. No. Like, if you have a fractured hand. Stop hitting me. <laughs> yeah, well, and again. It's Every other game, somebody's plucking that fucking guy. Well, and it's, he's at bat, he's behind the plate, he's just getting, like, yeah, when that ball came down, hit him in the bare exposed hand, yeah. you're like, Psh. See you that's, next year. Yeah, that's not that's not good. Can't even hold the ball, right? And he's just sort of trying. He to, did say, I, "I'm hoping to be back for the World Series." Like, you are an optimistic motherfucker. I yeah. appreciate that about you. It's, yeah, it's and so to me, it's just this idea that man, it's 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 they. I keep watching. Yeah, but the idea that after five months of baseball, you would be anything else. Like, it's this idea that it's still early or. Mm-hmm. It's working out and you're like, April, May, June, July. Well, that was on. me for a very long time. You know, I like to dive deep into the crazy stats, right? The This all says all these guys should be doing better. And it, they still say that, but they're not. And now you're at a runway, right? Like coming into, I think it was early July, I finally said, maybe this team just isn't that good. Right. right? We talked on the podcast, like they're not bad, but this is not a division winning team. This is probably not a World Series winning team. They'll still be fine, but they're not as good as we all expected they were going to be this year. And even with those lowered expectations, watching through the rest of the summer, phew, fuck. They've I, still underdelivered. And it it and it's just been brutal to watch. They lose in all the most frustrating ways every even that game you're talking about on Saturday. Just die. Don't come almost all the way back in the yeah. ninth and get me invested again to smash me in the face again with disappointment. I get enough of that in my day-to-day yeah. life. I don't need you bringing it. Yeah. Like, it's sort of, hey, we're in it, we're in it, winner. Ah, just kidding, we lose. Close enough. Fuck Where's you. Vladdy going to hit into a double play here in a second, right? How many times they have two runners on, three runners on, and forget about the... the Him and Carlos Correa eh, over the last two years. Hit into the most ground ball double plays. Oh, I was surprised they flashed up a stat. I was sort of in and out yesterday. I, w- I was sort of I had the smart speaker going on. So out that's by Sunday, the, yeah. Out by the pool, yeah, Sunday. Um, and uh, and I, if I was inside, I was sort of watching it on the game and on the TV. And they flashed that stat up, and I'm like, I was I was shocked to see that there were actually two guys who had hit into more double plays than Vladdy this year. But over the last year, two yeah. years, yeah, it's, it's just him and But Correa. Correa is one, Francis, I think. Ty yeah. Francis is the other one. Ty France, yeah. And it, it's sort France. of from, like, no one, I, I believe Vladdy has now set a record for hitting into this many ground ball double plays by this age. Now, part of that is a credit to how quick he got to the majors, right? He gave himself an extra few games to, to allow that to happen. But this is now a thing that they're going to have to talk about, right? I think we all just assumed... That guy's getting the $300, $400 million long-term contract. I'm not sold on that. At this point... He's costing himself money. What's the real Vladdy? I think we all thought 2021 is close to the real Vladdy. 2022 adds just a down year. Now 2023 adds just a down year. How long can he be this before you start to go, well, maybe this is the real guy, right? And, And at that point... If you force me right now to say you're giving one of these guys and one of these guys only the monster contract between Bo and Vlad, it's Bo. Oh, it's not even a question. And I don't really like Bo, <laughs> but he's earned it more. This is a guy, when he sat out in August, the first time he was on the, the IL, 
by the time he came off it, he was still leading the uh, or still leading MLB in hits after missing like 15 days. This is a guy who constantly gets it done. I don't love his defense. I don't really love his demeanor. But if you were to force me to pay one of them the big contract, it's him over Vladdy. And I don't think in any time outside of the last month, two months, three months, I would have said that. It's well, just, and I, I was, uh, I was in the Toronto train station the day that Vladdy was making his MLB debut. So I was, I was down at uh, the worst. Yeah, having a having a couple a pints, pint and a sausage. No pint and some of those dirty duck fat fries. Yeah, yeah, good shit. Yummy. <laughs> um, but it was the buzz in the train station. Yep, I mean, we know the proximity to uh, yeah, right to, there, the, to dome, the dome, right? Yeah. It's it's, but it was a huge buzz, man. People at the bar were talking about it. You could hear people walking behind me, you know, wherever they were going to. Like it was this huge buzz. He was the guy, and then sort of. Bo came along later in the summer and was kind of an afterthought, right? Yep. That went on to hit crazy, like like Schneider kind of numbers. <laughs> crazy. Um, but we put him in that opening trying to paint the picture of this summer. First was the Orioles clip to signify the Jays keep losing the fucking division. But hey, there's this fucking kid at a AAA who's setting like record setting numbers here coming up. And well, when you talk about, and I think we addressed it the last time I was on a full month ago when he had that Fenway stint, right? Yes, yeah. And you're like, unbelievable, right? Like and Unsustainable, he, but unsustainable. Possible. And then he went sort of out of the lineup a bit, sort yeah. of was hit and miss for a bit, but. Yeah, they didn't play him for like another two weeks. You're like, uh, what are you doing? But yep. And then all he's done is, is continue to surpass yep. expectations. And so. This team may yet make the playoffs, but this has been a thoroughly unenjoyable season to watch. And we've sort of already circled around this, but there was a tweet I saw um, that just said, I've watched way worse Blue Jay teams in my lifetime. I'm not sure I've ever enjoyed watching one less than this one. Because there's always been this sort of, well, at least I know what these losers are, right? Like the 2018 Jays or anything pre-2015 back to 94. <laughs> yeah, like, you're always like, Ah, they just are what they are, and and let's see what Felipe Crespo can do today. Right, right. Um, this you, team is supposed to be great. It's not up. great. It's not. It is good. It is a good team, but fuck, they're joyless, man. They're, they're just not fun to watch. Well, and and I had sent you one day. There was Chapman and Espinal were on the left side of the infield, and yeah. I'm like, fuck those guys, man. I don't want to <laughs> see those guys on my team next year. I think Chapman's a probably a, a fait accompli, right? I was certain of that. I'm less certain now. I'm wondering how much money he's costing himself, A, being hurt here through a lot of this stretch, and B, you know, he got off to that crazy start, if you remember, April, May. Yeah. Like, he was just tearing Player the cover of the month off. In April. Yeah, yeah. And now he's not. Now he's struggling. He's got the finger thing that I guess he smashed in the weight room, which just yeah, sounds pinched, incredibly pinched fucking painful. in between painful. the bar and the, yeah. yeah, it's not good, man. I wonder if he's... Law, like cost himself enough money that he might be prepared to take. And I don't know that I want to do it, but it, the Jays reach out now with a one-year deal at, I don't even know, 17, 20. I'm sure he expected he was going to make 25. Yeah, that somebody was going to pay him fat cash yeah. on the open market. I'm not sure that's still the case. Deals. Yeah. But he's making 20 now, I think, yeah, in that range. Yeah. But, you know, whether it's the finger or not, he's been booting the ball around. He hasn't been, forget about the platinum glove winner. He hasn't been a gold glove winner over there. 
And Espinal, man, I, that guy to me, I, I'm down on that guy big time, yep. right? He's doesn't matter if he's at second or short. He doesn't have a strong enough arm at third. Like it, to me, it's just. That, but he's the 26th man on your 26th man roster. Like the fact that he's out there playing every day now. That's injuries. That's whatever. I I don't care if he stays or goes, but I'm not pinning much of this on him at this. No, point. no, no, no. But I'm just saying at that time you're like, look at the you know, that's the side, and you got Chapman kind of booting it around, and and again it turns out it's likely finger. Yeah. That he wasn't able to throw like the, he went and make a throw to second base, and he was like, whipped it out in the outfield. You're like, what is that guy? So <laughs> we can only get that, but he is a he is a leech in the order too. The way the season's gone on. That's a guy who's at time is batted fourth, fifth, seventh. Yeah, well, he's better suited at this moment to be seventh, yep. right? In terms of, so if I can just for a second double back to Vladdy, mm-hmm. what would you would you ever consider trading him? I would, but I I just everybody in baseball knows his value is at an all time low right now. I don't know how you win that trade. I think you have to go through this winter. Hope he can, you know, kind of find whatever the hell he... Because you have a couple more years with him control, do you not? Yeah, at least two. It might be three, but I think it's it, it's two anyway. I just think it's going to be really hard to win that based on, like, what his upside is Yep. and what you're selling him at. I think your best bet is to go back to the drawing board again this winter Hope somebody can help him. Hope somebody, you know, he can kind of figure out whatever's going on. And I don't know if we'll ever see 2021 Vlad again. Maybe that's not yeah. what he ever was, but he's got to be better than, than this. Or you can't give him the big contract that he wants. At this point, you, you, you're sitting there wondering, I, maybe he's not going to be what we thought he was. 260 with his mid-700s OPS. and He will finish this year with 25, 26 home runs, which... 90 RBI. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 260, 265, and you go, that's an okay season, but that's it. It's all about expectations, right? And he won a gold glove last year. He is not even close to to that on the defensive side either. Yeah. I'm not uh, suggesting you trade him. No, but it's hard to, it's all about expectations. He's not going to be, it would appear, what we thought he was going to be. Can you get the fan base to wrap their head around the fact that he's still pretty good? Still pretty good. And can you talk him into, hey, you're probably not a $350 million contract player. Like they talked about him being in the same vein as Tatis Jr. and Acuna. And and like he was, this is. You see Acuna's got. 30-60? 30-60. And he did it before August was done. 30 home runs, 60 RBIs. Never been done before. And he's done it with a, a month left in the season. Fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Vladdy's going to be that guy. Well, he's not going to be a 36 guy. certainly not stealing 60 bases. He could be a 33 guy. <laughs> um, and, and, and watching him slide, especially the head first slide, you're yeah. like, man, oh man. If that if he was doing that same dive into a pool, you're coming out with a huge pink belly, right? Like you, his face yeah, he's is- coming down hard, and man. His, his face is doing the Gruber thing, right? Like smash, <laughs> scrape on his chin. You're like, man, the less of that we see, the better. Yeah. Um, Anyways, just an idea that, and, and again, at that age, you know that that guy could be so much, has the potential still on the table, right? If he, yep. if he, it looks like he may need to re-engage with his trainer. Mm-hmm. He may need to stop listening to uncle 
whoever, Vladimir Guerrero or not Wilton. Wilton. Sorry, he is Vladimir. Wilton Guerrero. You got hitting coaches. They were talking about yesterday about the idea that maybe there's too many people. Yeah, Joe Siddle brought up maybe there's too many people nattering at him. Could be. And so just lose a couple LBs there, buddy. Get in there. Stop worrying about what color Gatorade you're going to splash on somebody in the post game. Hustle out a couple ground balls. Fucking get after it. Stop pimping singles. Stop hitting double plays, man. <laughs> like you are as a guy in the three, in the three spot in your lineup. Yeah. You cannot you. be the rally killer no. nonstop. Like I get it, man. Everyone's going to do it once or, you know, but. Well, you look at Kirk, you're like, okay, I, I get it. It's, <laughs> if this doesn't land in left center, it's a double play, but that can't be Vladdy. Right, that can't be. Yeah, and that and that this this brings it around to, and I'm not sure if you've if you've touched on the whole Schneider thing and and the call and the not running the like. If I am sitting in my fucking living room saying, "Why are you not pinch running for that guy? Why are you not pinch running for that guy?" and then somebody else has to be saying it too. Like, there's got to be John better. John Schneider. Yeah. So who did I say? Nothing. You just said Schneider. I'm just making, oh, okay. we have two right now. David Schneider has been very good. John Schneider has yeah, been not so it, good. Yeah, it's true. One, but I, I'm not sure, you know, one has any choice on who's pinch running or not. Yeah. But yeah, the, it just to me, there's enough brain farts on that guy's part. Like I get how you have so many people running the decisions, when to pull a guy, when to, when to, you know do all these things that there's somebody else running those numbers. It's not all on Schneider and Walker yep. and maybe Mattingly, but the decisions like that, you got to, Somebody has to be making that pinch run call. The brain farts like him walking out to see Manoa for the second time in an inning. And you're like, Oh fuck, I forgot. And now you got to like, pull them. You got to pull them like these sorts of brain cramps. Like, well, even Saturday, right? Like John Schneider has two modes. I'm going to, make a decision way too early or way too late. Probably never at the exact right time. And you look, Kikuchi has largely been pretty good this year. As you said, not as great lately, but you, they've sort of settled on, if you can give us five, we're pulling. Yeah. Right? Unless your lights out, well, we'll so, take you on an inning by inning basis after that. So Saturday, he clearly doesn't have it. He's walking the six, seven, eight yep. from Colorado who are yep. terrible. Yeah. And you just, at some point, everyone else has figured out, yeah, he just doesn't have it today. And that happens to almost every pitcher. And that's the day you decide to let Kikuchi go 100 pitches and it just blows up in your fucking face. I, well, you I'm i not one of these guys yet who's on the fire John Schneider train, which is when fans are frustrated, that's one of the things that pops up on social media. Bring right? back Montoya. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> bring back Cito Gaston. Is he still kicking around no, from the Gibbons. Batista We're going to go with Givens. That's yeah. it. Come on, Givy. Bring, bring back Givy. It just, I, I, it's just hard because it's been so frustrating. So you're, you're almost every night looking for, for a target, right? I don't necessarily think John Schneider has to wear all of this, but as you suggested, there's been a number of nights where you're just like, I. I don't know what the hell you're doing, man. Well, I, when you look at Kikuchi in that night, like there was a couple of errors behind him. Yep. So two errors and, for four unearned runs. Yeah, and you could just see in his face. But he was what he did walk the six, seven, eight guys all in a row. Well, he like, walked the six, seven. They brought Garcia in, and he walked. He eight walked guy, eight. That's and right. And then gave up the triple. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. So. Oh my he, god! Your yeah. life, life and death in Colorado. Yeah. Well, and th- that's the home of the ground ball double. 
Yes. The fuck? It was like so two of those over the weekend. I'm like, the ball is on the ground. How is it getting out into... Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. Kikuchi, you could see he was becoming more unraveled mm-hmm. with every error, with every fucking bumbling in behind him, right? Yep. That he was just like... And his face is normally, he's got that sort of very stoic kind of thing Japanese going. Thing yeah, I was going to... Japanese thing, but you could see him going, the fuck? He's about to go... Headbutt. Hey, Ernie Clement. Yes, stern. Exactly. Like a <laughs> yeah, you're right. It would have been Ernie Clement. Yes, spear him. <laughs> that would be classic. Full <laughs> out. Hauling off the mouth. He's right in the sternum. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're like, fuck, man. And you could just see him mentally becoming, and he would walk a couple guys after each one of these errors. And you'd well, be like, at some point, if you have Ernie Clement, and I'm sorry, David Schneider and Spencer Horowitz all in your lineup at the same time. Don't forget about my boy, Mason McCoy. Or right. Whatever Shit's bad, man. It's, a, it's so bad. You look at the bottom you're end of the lineup. You're coming down the stretch and. Yeah. You're do or die. Kevin Biggio batting second. Yeah. Hey, 217. Yeah. Eight fine. homers. Super yeah. respectable. Now the guy will take a walk. Yeah. But. I wish he would right out of the fucking stadium. <laughs> <laughs> With his suitcase right to the Greyhound station. <laughs> Back to Buffalo. Um, but yeah, Kevin, he's a decent guy. And I don't blame him for all this either. No. But, but that is what you're looking at, right? He and Espinal. And it's fine if you can sort of counterbalance those two things at second while you have... Three bisons in the... Give yeah. me that bison bump, baby. Yeah, but they're the, one, they're the ones doing it. Like on Sunday, you look at that, at that ninth inning, right in the middle of that is Horowitz... And Clements, right? That, yeah. That's you're right there with those yep. guys, and, and I get it. And if we don't have those guys, you're not getting it from from the guys we need it to be. So, no, well, there's only like two of them in the lineup. Everybody else is hurt, or yeah. So, anyway. so to me, just in, in I, I think we've we've got we've, the, we've this. got this covered, but just in a September fifth kind of frame of mind, mm-hmm. who who are you bringing back next year? Uh, not in the pictures. Jordan Mano. Just because I got the jersey already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just talked about that. Yeah. No, in terms of your positional players. Uh, most hey, of these guys will be back just because contractually. You bring, so, you bring in Merrifield back? No, he's going to be too expensive for what he is. Okay. You bring in Chapman back? I wouldn't. I think there's a chance his number will have come down enough that they might for one year. Give him the Simeon treatment. You, br- you bring in Kiermaier back? I... Yeah, sure. I don't. He's playing hard, man. Like he's one of those guys. I don't know how long you want to depend. See, here's the thing: if Kiermaier wanted to come back on another one-year deal, let's do it. But yeah. I'm sure he feels like he's earned enough this year, and he's probably right to, that someone will give him three, four years. See, I, and I've been listening to uh, since you dropped that nugget on me about uh, I could now get five ninety uh, the fan on uh, on the, the smart speaker on the smart speaker. Yeah. And uh, so I've been listening to a lot of Show Ellie and, and Ben Shulman mm-hmm. doing the pregames. Fuck, they're good. Like that to me is an insightful yeah. listen. Shulman family, man. They yeah, what's up. For sure, man. Um, but the idea of, of putting Davis Schneider maybe giving him some winter ball looks just mm-hmm. as a left fielder. Yeah. Right? Moving him out there and then just sort of. Well, they're going to be looking at Barger to. Like in terms of whether they're going to rebuild the the left side of it, like who can they bring up? I'm not convinced they're bringing Chapman back. I just I won't be shocked if they do. Right, right. I agree. I agree. But in terms of all these guys, right? In terms of 
You let Kiermaier go, you move Varsho to, to center and you look at somebody. Relvis Martinez ready to come up. I, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I subscribed to my first Substack. Ooh. Uh, Stoughton? Uh, no, Fox. Okay. DM Fox, Doug Fox. He's a, he's a Blue Jays prospects. Nice. Guy. So, uh, yeah. I'm enjoying it, but Stoughton, I, yes, I should now that I've. Now that he knows what a substack is. Yeah. Well, no, and I've heard it all the time on my yeah. substack and I'm like, what the fuck is a substack? But anyways, um, yeah, I'll be interested. And I think we've touched on the, the guys that we've, we've talked about really Merrifield, Chapman and Kiermaier as the three guys who, who you are instantly sort of connected or not connected to. But also perhaps the three most responsible guys for people I don't, the reasons I don't like this team very much, right? Just sort of your. See, I don't get that from Merrifield. At times he's been right behind Bo in terms of. I believe of, him, Springer, Chapman, maybe Kiermaier are, are the the personality change on this team. The the when, the group we loved last year to the group this year that's kind of like, ah, just fucking do something, you losers, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Kiermaier though, he's a, he's a ball player. I like the bullhorns, yep. two outs, you know, he's giving him a little shake over his head. I like all, you know. Yeah. Fair enough. He's a hustler. He's a, he's a great defensive player. In a nine hole, it's not bad. I, I, I would take him back. Okay. Anyway. And again, on a short enough term contract, I would too. But okay. I think someone's going to pay that guy for a longer term than I'm comfortable with. So Me too. We'll see what that looks like. As, as we've suggested, we've probably touched enough on this, right? But over the course of the long weekend, we did see a team representing this country that actually did something kind of fun. Maybe one that hasn't normally done that. If there's anything that you can say about the Canadian men's basketball team who had a huge weekend, uh, it's that historically they have not had huge weekends. They have found ways to be as disliked, as disappointing as this particular Blue Jays team. But after a fairly uninspiring game against Brazil that was unbelievably low scoring and put their backs against the wall going up against number one Spain, they managed to rebound and come back, beat Spain, qualify for the Olympic Games, qualify for the quarterfinals. That'll be against... Uh, Slovenia. Yeah, on uh, Luka Doncic. That's not going to be any fun. I thought that guy was Serbian. Well, but they're, no, they're all Serbian. No, but it <laughs> turns out, because I, I, again, I, I asked the smart speaker, I'm like, where's Luka Doncic born? And they're like, Ljubljana. And I'm yeah. like, all right. Hey, I've been there. I have been there. Yeah. It's a beautiful little neck of the world. So... This is one of those games where I got to be honest with you. I was surprised even with myself about how invested I got in it. Uh, as you know, I'm not someone who's sitting down to watch the Raptors versus Sacramento on a Tuesday night. Um, I'm just not that invested in the NBA. I did jump in when they took that long run to the NBA finals as a serious bandwagon guy, but I do find myself most summers when it's time to take a run at a qualifying spot for the Olympics, I'll give the national team a chance. And they just have always found a way to disappoint. Exactly, man. Just shatter any, any dreams of. Well, and usually that shattering happens before the tournament starts because you have. Two thirds of your best guys. Guys guys saying not coming, not coming, not coming. So there was a small group of them who got together about a year ago and said, we are all committing together through 2024 and Jamal Murray was the only big name and he is the biggest name who couldn't make it this year. And that was coming off an injury coming out of the NBA final. He yep. did show up to camp. He gave it a shot and, and it, he just wasn't able to go. Uh, but when they got this team over to Jakarta, which was 
fascinating uh, as a you know I think this is a three headed tournament I believe it's also in yeah. Manila and uh, and Japan in I Japan think. Yeah. yeah Osaka or something I think they were yeah but I got all in on this team man there was uh, three games in the first round two of them were at nine thirty a.m. that was easy enough take the iPad out to the patio or whatever and watch the other ones at like five forty five someone let me know how that how that goes right <laughs> check it out when I wake up I'm not that all in on it and then yeah they just they show up against Brazil, who's okay. Like, they're a pretty good team, but they're one of those America's teams that you're trying to be yep. out. you got to be one of the top two uh, teams from the Americas. And you lose that one in this horribly frustrating game where they don't let you get out and run. It's ridiculously low scoring. It's less possessions because each one is taking so long. And everything Brazil did was perfect to just shut down Canada. And you get to this game against uh, against Spain, the world number one, and you're just like, I can see how this is about to play out again, right? I've seen this a million times before. And at half, Canada's down by 10. You're like, fuck, well, here Was we there still a Gasol on Spain? No, no Gasols. Like, their biggest names are mostly gone, but they're still just a, a team, right? They know how to do this well, at this level. Well, they have a big level. domestic league, too. Right, and, and they have some NBA guys, but no NBA superstars at this point. But they just do this all the time. They've played together forever. They know how to play that international style, which is a little different than the NBA style. And at halftime, they're up by 10. And I'm just like, well, at least this isn't going to be anywhere near as painful as some of the previous ones. We're going to get pounded. And they come all the way back midway through the third quarter and they tie it up. Only to piss it all away again and end the third quarter down by 12. I've seen this show before. And again, you're just like, well, fuck you, right? Like, very much like we're talking about with the Jays, how do we make this hurt, right? Like, how do we keep people, hey, they came all the way back, but fuck them. Throughout that fourth quarter, you're talking about Dylan Brooks, who is just an asshole, and I love that guy. Like, he's running by the bench of any opponent going, you're too tired, you can never play with me, fuck you, you're too tired. Uh, SKA, <laughs> Shea Gildas Alexander, right? Uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker puts up, you, you heard in that opening when I threw the highlights in Dan Schulman's voice getting more and more excited as they're digging out again from now 12 points down in the fourth quarter and they get close with Nikhil Alexander Walker's three. Dylan Brooks hits another three and Dan Schulman, yes, right? Like he's, they're yes. digging out, they tie it up. It's Shea, all that they keep putting the ball in Shea Gildress Alexander's hands so that when they get fouled, it's going to be him, right? And they they have to because it's that close. Spain has to keep fouling you, and it keeps sending him to the wall. And down the stretch, he hits six free throws in a row, doesn't miss a single one. So he's punishing them for those fouls. And this Spanish team, which again, isn't the Spanish team we're used to, but still a very good... They're the one seed. Yeah, and that's it, man. And, and you've dug out of... 10 down, then you dug out of 12 down and got this done, got Team Canada to the Olympics for the first time uh, since 2000. I'll be curious to see down the, like the, the quarterfinals, uh, the semis and the finals. We'll see what happens. But I wonder if they're able to play a little freer without that monkey still on your back, right? Yeah. You've accomplished the one goal that you came here uh, to get that Olympic spot. It was funny when I woke up on Sunday morning, you're looking like, by the way, Brazil lost, Puerto Rico lost, Dominican Republic lost, like oh shit, so this isn't a thing where we're going to actually have to go deep. Just win today and you're in. The other American, t- America's teams 
have all gone down, right? And so I was surprised how invested I was. It was pretty cool to see how pumped up all of them were to qualify for the Olympics. It's ridiculous that as a country who has the second most guys in the NBA behind only uh, the Americans, yeah, that we haven't been to an Olympic Games in 2000. Not since Steve Nash and Bill Winnington. (laughs) R.J. Barrett's dad was on that team. Yeah. RJ Barrett was fantastic in the, yeah, 16 the first points, half I, I for, think, eh? for Canada. Yeah, before almost everybody got into foul trouble there late in the game. That was a little, uh, it was awesome to see, man. And I, as I, I guess the point would be, I, I don't know if you watched any of the game or not. Zero. Okay. Although see, I'm not a basketball guy, but this was, I yeah. was pumped for this. I followed this all the way through by the end. Like you're, you're fist pumping right on a Sunday morning on the couch yeah. watching. But see, now Friday I was, I was at work. Yeah. It's a 930 start or whenever that was for the, uh, Brazil game. Brazil game. And so I did pull up the, uh, the FIBA website. Yeah. So it had the can, so it had the live scrolling score. Right. So every once in a while I'd pull up the score and, and I'd check to see where we were at with it. Yeah. And yeah, they were to me, whenever I was looking in the fourth quarter, they were never, no, they were trailing by five all the time. It felt like they were never in it in that game. Brazil. Yeah developed the perfect game plan. And the clock is just scrolling and the score is not changing. And you're like, man, and it ended up whatever, 65, 62, 66, 62, somewhere around there, right? And this game against Spain was 88, 85. Like you're talking about a 20, just Brazil just going, nope, like we're not going to run with you. We're not going to play. We're just going to slow this right down. Going to play one less quarter. (laughs) Right, basically. So I I totally get it. And I am, um, and it was interesting on local radio, they had a guy on who does, I don't know, it's like, he does a podcast about the Raptors. I think he's from Ottawa, actually. He's down there. And so they were getting... Alex Adams, I bet his Alex name was. Adams, yeah. yes, that's exactly right. And he was saying it was interesting that in, in Jakarta, that they've sort of built the Canadian team as their team, as Jakarta's team. It right? certainly sounded like that, the way the crowd was reacting. And so it's it's weird, and I'm not sure why that is, but that... Canada was selected into that pool and, and the billboards everywhere were saying, you know, Canada is, uh, is Jakarta's team, is well, probably, Indonesia's team. Yeah. Probably if you couldn't get Team USA in the pool that was coming, here's, here's the most NBA stars or, or guys. Okay. Maybe. Maybe, right? Like, it just seemed like an odd. Oh, you're right. It was a, a totally odd, you know. Uh, we're going to wrap our, we're going to wrap our Indonesian arms around. Around Canada. Around Canada. It's like, okay, we'll take it. Sure. And so... It, I, I thought it was an incredibly fun game to watch. And there was so many times, like you're down 10 at half, you're down 12 at the end of the third. It would have been so easy to look back at all those other times and gone, here we go. And as spectators, we did, right? <laughs> I could tell watching on, on Twitter. But as a team, here we go again, right? Like it's just not our day. We're not going to get this done. We don't play the right style against these Europeans, whatever it might be. And instead, no, they they dug out twice against the world number one and got it done, man. I, I'm, I'm pumped to see that because you, you, you'd like to think the grunt work is over. Trying to convince NBA guys to go to Indonesia and get this done is done. In their summer. Right. Now it's the Olympics, right? Jamal Murray. will be healthy. He'll be healthy. Good to go. SGA, like Lou Dort was fantastic. Dylan Brooks was awesome. Like you're going to have your guys and on talent alone, it is only the Americans. It should be a metal team. Yeah. It is only the Americans that are clear cut better than you. They sh- this, this should be a podium team, man. And I, I'm, 
as I said, surprised at how intrigued I am by it. Fire it up. Matt's yeah. getting the jersey. It was on. Uh, we'll see. Dylan Brooks, man. Everybody hates that guy. That's a jersey with Matt's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because, yeah, he's a guy who you sort of hear a bunch of things about and and um, he sort of simmers under the under the surface, right? Yep. In terms of, of a name. And... Saga City, stand up. Okay. Yep. Mrs. Saga proud. I, I get it. Who says that ever? Yeah. Just him. Airport. That's what it is. <laughs> and everybody hates Pearson too, right? So it's, yep. it's, there's really no... Saga proud. <laughs> there doesn't happen, man. It's not a thing. Yeah. RJ Barrett, fantastic. SGA, unbelievable. Uh, awesome game, man. Well, and I do love to. I'll, I'll get on ra- board, man. I'll wrap anything with the Maple Leaf. Yeah. I'll wrap. I'll wrap that around my, my next summer. Jump on the bandwagon. You'll be watching the Olympics anyway. Why not? Uh, I love the Olympics, yeah. man. So uh, and all of it, all of it. One hundred percent. I'm suddenly watching. Uh, Cycling and whatever else, for diving. Sure, like, for sure. Oh, no. oh, oh, you blew it. Yeah. <laughs> is Alexander Zipati, is he still, is he, no, he's not. He's commentating, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, women's diving, especially. I love women's diving. <laughs> they're, they're way better. That's all. Especially the, uh, the tandem. It's the best. It's the best. I don't, I don't know where you're going with that or what you think I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting we go get a beer. Do it! Tipped, and Canada has it again. Alexander Walker. Yes! A huge bucket. to get it down to four. Gilgis Alexander keeps the dribble alive. Lays it in and one! Brooks for the tie. Yes! 80-80 with a minute 10 to go. Great discipline and maturity by Dylan Brooks. Gilgis Alexander. Last chance for Spain. Abrinas. And Canada wins. Canada fights back and takes down Spain in an incredible game. Uh, Speaking of the Olympics, you know, got a little beer here. Grab something new. Yeah, I'm going first this time, though. This is uh, sticking with Vimy. This is their red, which is behind only the stout, uh, their second best beer. It's fantastic. And, you know, we're talking about a little Canadian Olympic action. We're talking a little bit Blue Jay red ass. We'll, uh, Pink belly, whatever. Sure. We'll stick with the, the Vimy red here. What'd you go with, man? I, I got nothing to say because it's the same beer. Okay. I've just cracked the same uh, long slice. Yeah. If you mm. don't like it, you can take a big. All right. Anyway. Yeah. We're not going to take a big anything. Yeah. <laughs> It's got a little... No, we're not, actually. It's a little caramel action. It's, uh, it's a nice red, man. Okay. Well, I know you're bullish. You're bullish on all that Vimy does. I really am, man. Nice stuff. Uh, let's stay on the Olympics for a second, because this week the IOC will vote. IOC's bullshit. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Uh, they'll vote on a couple of sports, whether or not they will be inducted, not inducted, but included in the Los Angeles... Summer games in 2028. Pole dancing. Pole dancing is one of them. No. Uh, break dancing, though, God. is one of them. 1984 called. Bring your piece of cardboard and get after it. This is not one that I have as big of an issue as I used to because I think it's bigger than I think it is. Ballroom right? dancing? Ballroom dancing made. Uh, it was Beijing. Uh, it, it got in there at some point. Yeah. So. Uh, 
we'll hit a few. Like squash is one of them. Baseball, softball is one of them. Karate is one. Kickboxing is one. Motorsports is one. And I just, I guess before we go anywhere else, I'm sort of sick of the idea that the sports rotate based on location, right? Yeah. I get it that sometimes things change and a certain sport doesn't have the participation number so it gets dropped or another sport gets big enough that it gets included. Like to me, both karate and kickboxing, while sports I know nothing about, those have been longtime Olympic sports that got punted by somebody here not too long ago, yep. and now they're talking about bringing them back. I have no beef with either one of those. Baseball and softball. Baseball and softball I was going to get to because they're classic American sports. Yep. Now, Japan plays. Ty- they, they Taiwan plays. Korea plays. Like It's not crazy to yep. think you would have baseball there, but it gets removed every now and then, and then it comes back around to a place that likes it, and so we put it back in. But... I've watched a little Canadian baseball at the Olympics. Stubby clap. But I, yeah, man, Peter Orr, all these guys. <laughs> I just, it's sort of like, but who cares? Because it's. Haley Wickenizer? There's nobody. Yes. There's nobody who matters, right? It's not the best of the best again, right? It's some double A guys pl- representing Team USA and yep. whoever we get to. The, ind- to, the independent league guys. Right. It, it's sort of a bummer to me. We're trying to do the World Baseball Classic. I get that. It has its own, I don't know, issues. Um, I don't care whether baseball's in or out. I do want to ask you, though, motorsports. Where are you at with motorsports in the Olympics? So it's an incredibly demanding sport, mm-hmm. physically. Takes talent. Um, are, takes we, are we putting F1 in or NASCAR See, I don't know the. It just says motorsports here. On yeah, the no, list. I, I, they're talking. I, I think it's. I think it's motocross. It's. It's. I don't really care if there's a motor involved. So, my my equivalent is horse. Horse. Yep. Where do you stand on the equestrian sports? See, they really though only do like the artistic ones, the right? Dressage versus the show jumping. Yeah. I, I'm not watching a ton of it, but I. I my sister-in-law is a. She owns a horse. She's a big. She like we we're at the, during Tokyo. She would get up at four in the morning to watch the show jumping, the horse jumping, or whatever. Yeah, I, I've jumped a couple horses for some reason. For some reason, I have less objection to that than I do to a car. Yeah, but I, uh, but I'm not. Your point is well made that it's still not the guy running and jumping. It's not the jockey out there yeah. dancing and jumping and <laughs> I watch that. It's Calgary Stampede. Right, running I'm and going jumping from the side fence. to side. Yeah. The car the horse is still Sure. See, I'd watch that. Barrel barrel riding and all this other Yeah. I agree like I agree. It's it's physically demanding. Yeah. There's a talent involved. For sure. I Unless get, the horse gets a medal. Does the car get a medal? Well, this is the whole man versus machine. Larry Walker, Jacques Villeneuve, who won the Canadian Athlete of the Year award, right? Yeah, yeah. Where Larry Walker lost it to Jacques Villeneuve, and Larry's like, yeah, I lost it to a car. Yep. Well, he's not necessarily wrong. So, uh, but I get the impression with motorsports that it's it's more like... Motocross? Motocross. Yeah, I don't... No, I didn't read the article. Yeah, okay. See... But I don't want to watch it. You don't know either. I don't. And you read the article. It wasn't an article. It was a tweet. 
fucking tweet. 280 characters and to is it tell st- me. Is it still a tweet? It's an X. Yeah. It's a post. I heard it on the X. It's a zeet. It's a ZZ Top tune. Yeah. I think it is. Terrible. I just, I don't know. I don't really need baseball back in because we've decided that we're going to decide our world champion there somewhere else. So do yeah. it or don't do it. The but world I, series. I assume they think. I assume they think it'll draw a crowd in LA. Maybe it will. I have no idea. So will bum fights. Yeah. I'd watch that. Who has the best <laughs> fighting bums around the world? <laughs> I would watch that. That would draw a crowd too. Is that what we're doing here, man? Like I, I want to see a spectacle. You know what else could draw a crowd? A golfer with an arm going out of his ass. Squash. Squash is cr- you man. Putting squash in the Olympics. So my, my parents... Pickleball. How long till pickleball is in the Olympics? Uh, like next next time around. <laughs> Paris. They'll squeeze yeah, it in for, last for second. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, my parents decided that I would, I wanted to join hockey. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, but we got you, we got you squash lessons. Boosh. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> oh, and we got you a matching burgundy track suit. Of course you did. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I took the burgundy track pants and I cut the ass out of them and I wore bright yellow shorts underneath them. <laughs> You proud of me now, mom? Yeah, exactly. How's this look? <laughs> um, problem child, right from the yeah, right. Um, squash is hard, man. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm just putting in the Olympics. Is it, they're not all going to get in. Why not? Yeah, you okay, have. Fine. Well, Why you, not? Well, yeah, sure. you have. If that's ten, our attitude, you, everybody you, in. Whatever. You, well, there's already ten thousand people in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, you already have tennis. You have ping pong or table, table tennis. tennis. Yeah, you have badminton. Yep. You've probably hit, we don't need any more racket. Jahailai is coming up next. Can we do some of that? <laughs> sure. Where's the box lacrosse at? Come on, Oh, man. lacrosse is on the list too. Not box though. Field. Yeah. yeah. Okay, man. Full field is. Sure. Put it in. That's right in my wheelhouse, yeah, baby. Everybody. Two-time provincial champion. Two-time. Yeah. Two-time. Cannonball contest. <laughs> oh, man. The key <laughs> is the low back. You got to get lots of ass and low back. Yeah. It's got to hurt. If you're going to get the best splash. Yeah, unless you can, right? unless you can pull off that slap. crazy corkscrew thing with the one leg up and the one leg down. <laughs> also good. That gives you the best shoot straight uh, up. That, yeah, but that leaves you open for a lot of pain. Things <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. slapping, you don't want slapping. Hot as balls Matt started the show with, I think. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Give me karate. Give me kickboxing. Yeah. Well, sure, lacrosse too. Everybody else. Now you're talking, Matt Noel, and see, and really... You have Canada and you have the United States. Uh, you have the Iroquois Confederacy. They're not playing lacrosse anywhere else in the world. Australia, England. Oh, cricket's on the list too. Ah, oh, see, there you go. See, cricket, this is interesting to me because no one in America gives the tiniest shit about cricket, but everywhere else on earth plays cricket. Uh, in, the, in the former Commonwealth. Yeah. That's a pretty big swath of the world. <laughs> it is. It is. But outside of sort of the Caribbean. Cricket Indi- has India, more Pakistan. business in the Olympics than baseball does. I disagree. Okay. Although as soon as you put India, as soon baseball. as you put India involved in it. Yeah, it's like a billion people. And, and right 1.2 billion people kind <laughs> yeah. of tips the scales. So sixth of the world In Matt's population. favor right there. Yes. So sorry. I take it all back. Forget it. Cricket. Okay. Let's do it. Embrace it. Sure. Got cricket? Uh, I'm all about the cricket. I don't, it's, I remember watching this mini doc briefly on, uh, on cricket. They found a way 
to shorten cricket down to being only three days long. I was like, what the fuck are we talking yeah. about? Yeah. Oh, no, a good game takes like a week to play. Well, I'm out. <laughs> see, and, and, and I remember, and I've told this story, being at Upper Canada College in a, in a, in a field lacrosse tournament. Yeah. And it's like we're playing in this field where there's mud. And this is a prestigious private school. And it's, that for some reason let Rob onto his yeah, property. Yeah. Twice. Well, it's it's us, a dirty fucking district high school with all these <laughs> private schools. Yeah. But we were good. Yeah. Um, and we're getting bloodied and muddied. And then like in the next field over, there's a cricket match going on with their white pants, their white <laughs> yes. shirt, and their little like cardigans tied around their neck. And then they're breaking <laughs> at some point. And I'm like, who the fuck has time for whatever is happening there? But- Somebody does. The Australians, when I was down there, they love it. Yeah. They're like, I don't know, get that baseball thing you guys watch, but I love a good day at the test ground. Well, that was the part that made me check out immediately. Now, I have heard that India has started, and I think they call it uh, the professional cricket league. And they've shortened it down again to North American style, three and a half hours long and, and play. But the first exposure I had to it was like, this is the shortened version and it takes three days. And you're like, well. Yeah, well, they do have the international test matches, which do go over and it's like 860 wickets over 790. And you're like, none of that means shit to me. (laughs) So. But it, it seems to be quite a spectacle and those watching it seem to really love it. Yeah. It's true. So and I'm throwing throw it in the Olympics. I'm throwing all my support behind the This wind. is why you can't put it in the Olympics. The Windies. The, the games are only only two weeks long and Well, there'll be one of those sports where you're like, we're gonna those events that start two days nine before weeks opening ahead of time. before opening ceremonies. Yeah. And you're like, well, we're gonna be here three be, weeks man. before and then uh we'll finish sometime after closing <laughs> ceremonies. <laughs> uh we'll uh we'll we'll move on here. And talk a little about... We've exhausted the cricket? I think our expertise on the cricket has been stretched about as far as it's going to go here. So we'll talk a little about another sport we know a ton about, soccer. Uh, That's really any sport we talk about here, Matt, is... is, I'm an expert. Hurry back, hockey. I'm an expert. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Uh, John Herdman has decided over the last week or two to walk away from the Canadian men's national team and... Of all things, sign with TFC. That's that's an indication of how bad he was ready to Bilo. leave. Yeah, he was ready to leave the Canadian team because TFC is basically a joke right now. Dumpster and, fire. Yep. Hot trash. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Josh Cloak has done a pile of really good reporting on this in The Athletic. And just this sort of rising tension between John Herdman. And if we circle all the way back to his beginnings in Canada, he took over the Canadian women's team in 2011, helped them get two Olympic bronze medals. Uh, and then he had sort of made it clear, apparently based on Josh Cloak's reporting, you know, I've got some other offers here. I'm not really sure how interested I am in continuing on in this role. But if you were to give me the men's team, I'd be interested in 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 taking on that. And, and we sort of poked fun at that at one point that he was leaving a contender to go to TFC. Like 80th, no, not yeah, <laughs> no, basically now. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, that's yeah. Ex- it's by low. Yeah, and you know he he was it it was hard to consider leaving the Canadian women's team and going to the Canadian men's team and considering that a, a promotion. Uh, one was ranked top 10. One was like at the time 85th in the world or maybe even lower. Uh, so he does move over though. 
And suddenly they start to have a little success. He starts to build a program there. And at the same time, some talent falls into his lap, right? Guys develop at the right time and, and are prepared to play for Canada. So it's not all him, but he does start to run a program that makes this run, um, gets through, yeah, the, the CONCACAF qualifiers and, and makes the World Cup where they are one of only two teams who lose all three of their games. That wasn't a great look. Did score a goal though. Did score a goal. And uh, as they come back home, he starts to make noise about we are not ready to be a host nation. In 2026, the World Cup is split between the United States, Mexico, and Canada. The overwhelming majority will be in the U.S., but they're going to give us a couple games. Yeah, give split the split a seems games. like a generous it term. It really does. And he's sort of starting to spend a lot of money. We need to get out and we're going to fly in early to these places on private planes as we start to do these. Like He's essentially running the program and eventually the bill comes due. And Soccer Canada has no money. And this is the story that the women have been telling for a little while now. That, hey, they've got no money and we're not getting any support. And once the bill comes due and they sort of tell John Herdman, we're not going to spend all that much more. Uh, he starts to to look around, put feelers out, see who else might, who else might be interested. Uh, TFC fires their coach just a couple days uh, before that. There is apparently a bit of a rift in the locker room about guys who support Herdman, guys who don't, um, whether he's the right guy to sort of move them forward. It, it just became this, this big thing, but it piles on top of the Soccer Canada story, right? And how unprepared they are at this point, both financially, organizationally. They don't have a CBA with either their men or their women at this point. And now you have, arguably maybe the most powerful person in Canadian soccer right now saying, piss off, I'm out and, and leaving again for lowly TFC. See, I think two things can be true here, right? It's such a shit storm at CSA that you're willing to walk away from a host bid in two years, 26, years. Yeah. You're willing to walk away. Copa America coming up. AJ's yeah. been talking about how big You're willing deal to that walk is. away from that because they are so unprepared, underfunded, yada, yada, disorganized, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. These things are all happening. And so everybody is well aware, sort of really since the warm up to the Men's World Cup is when sort of the, the bright light was shone into the corners and like. Suddenly people care about Canadian soccer. Well, and this and whole, now we're all looking. This whole Canadian soccer business, yes, whatever this thing is that where they they handed over the. So this is an important detail. There's another company called Canadian Soccer Business that entered into an agreement with the men's team, at least through the CSA, the Canadian Soccer Association. We'll give you, and I don't remember the exact number right now. Yep, it might be ten million. I, it is the number in my head. We'll give you ten million dollars. And we will take upon ourselves, we'll go sell your TV rights. We'll go sell your jerseys. We'll make money off the program. And we'll give you $10 million right now. And then all of a sudden the team gets good. Yeah. And now it's worth way more than that. We don't want to be on one soccer's YouTube channel when we're trying to qualify for the World Cup. We want Sportsnet and TSN bidding for our rights, but it doesn't even matter because it's Canadian soccer business that will make 
all right. of that profit. You've got what you're going to get. Yes. They paid you $10 million, you're out. And now that's not enough. you got to convince good teams to come here. you got to go to other good teams and play them. And that's affecting both the women and the men. But you sold all of those rights away for a dime, and now it's worth something. It's like it was a fine deal for the CSA as long as they were not qualifying and they were going to... And as to long go- as nobody cared. To Gusagopa or San Salvador right. once or twice a year, and you're like, that's what you're doing. Yep. But it's like being good has now outstripped that deal and mm-hmm. exposed all the warts to it. So in the John Herdman issue, to me, what you have here is, I think, and you've sort of touched on it a bit, right? That he's he's sort of made the power moves a couple of times here, right? Move from New Zealand women's soccer to the Canadian women's soccer. It's a a move up. He's then made the power move across to the men. And as you said, he's had an Alfonso Davies and a Jonathan Davies, et cetera, fall into his lap as young early 20s guys coming into their prime. Mm -hmm. And I think those who know more about soccer would suggest that maybe he was exposed a bit in the World Cup in terms of his tactics, in terms of his gamesmanship, in terms of, of how he could as you suggest, move this team forward. Well, and Alfonso, again, this comes from Joshua Cloak's reporting in The Athletic. Apparently, Alfonso Davies not happy with being played in multiple positions. I'm this guy. I play here. That's what I do. And And I'm one of the best in the world. Exactly. If there's anyone you cannot pick a fight with, it's Alfonso Davies. He plays where he wants to play. And that's just reality. That sucks if you're trying to run a sport and you're supposed to tell the players what to... This is the most one of the most gifted players in the world. He happens to play for you. If he says, I play, you know, left attack, that's where he's going. And you don't get to keep moving him around. That's just the way. And at some point he flexed a little too hard and people started pushing back. Yeah. And this is the other thing you hear the rumblings of that maybe he, John, John Herdman, not the best at, at now managing these large egos. Yeah. And when you talk about guys who are playing in the Champions League, guys with with huge name recognition and, and ego yep. that goes with it, that not only as he tactically maybe ran at a road, but in terms of now handling these bigger egos and melding mm-hmm. those in a change room, I think he has seen this as, I've done the un, the undoable thing, right? Right. I've qualified this team for a World Cup for the first time since '86. Like it's unbelievable. I am at this high watermark. Yeah. Whereas what is underneath that that wave he's on top of is a lot of these questions. Yeah. And so he's now moving over to TFC, and I think he's looked at that as I've now done what I can do there. I don't want to stick around for this next shit show, which. Maybe under CSA may be a disaster anyways. Could be, could be. And I have maybe been exposed in terms of my yeah. my gamesmanship and my tactics. They and- talked a little in that art, that same article I'm referring to, and we'll link to it in the show notes, that one of his great things was the motivational yep. factor. He can get guys fired up. We're going to do this. We're going to do this thing no one thinks we can do. But when it came time, as you point out at the World Cup, to be like, okay, I've heard your motivational speech. I need a tactic. Yeah. How are we going to beat Belgium? Yeah. How are we going to... what Counteract I need, Croatia. Right. I need 
some coaching yeah. here. And and motivation is part of coaching. Sure but is. I need tactics here. And maybe that's where he started to fall short. And that motivational stuff, that took us a long way. And that talent came along at the right time. And we got all fired up. And we, you know, we were winning at Ice Tecca in Edmonton, yep. right? And we were going and, and doing things across the, the, the region and qualifying. But man, we're here now. And well, I need you I to tell if, me how to beat these guys. And he wasn't able to do that. I think if we could play Belgium and Croatia in minus 20 weather. Sure. I think that's always going to be a little tip in our in our direction. <laughs> I, I wonder that's something. We make a big deal out of that. I wonder how many of our guys yeah. have spent a lot of time playing yeah. in minus 20. I, I, I was born in the Congo, and <laughs> now I find this to be unbearable as well. <laughs> right. Um, or I was born in Brampton, and I find this to be unbearable to be in in Most Edmonton. Canadians find Edmonton yes. unbearable for any number of reasons. And so I just wonder now if if this is just his pulling the shoot. Yep. And as I said, I'm out. As I said, both things could be true, right? The CSA debacle. Yes. But also, I don't know, man, if I am cut from the right cloth for what's coming in 2026. We talk about this all the time, even around DJ Smith. There's a guy you have that helps bring yep. you up, but when it's time to take the night, and I'm not trying to shit on DJ. No, here, no, but just totally because right. he's the There's local guys hired to be fired. Right. You are going to help develop our guys. You're going to help us through the rough patch. And when it's time to take the next step, we're probably going to somebody else. Well, and you look at... What are, who are the teams, like everybody needs a good motivational coach, but who are the guys where you need the Herb Brooks types guy, type guys where I'm going to motivate you. I got less talent, Mm -hmm. right? Traditionally, the guys who need to be talked up to motivate, to get more out of what you actually have. Yes. And if you're bringing talent. Yeah, we have real players now. You need to then who are used to playing, as I said, you know, a guy like Davies playing for Bayern Munich. Yeah. Jonathan Davies, who's constantly being talked about to be moving up. Yeah. He's already went from the Belgian league to the French league and beyond. Yeah. Maybe uh Manchester something I can't remember who the who the EPL team was that was that was looking at him. Right. These are people who now have expectations. Yeah, and who are who have been coached by some of the yes. best coaches in the world that they are expecting you to be better tactically. You yeah. can't just a lesser talented group that you're going to you're going to motivate to run through a brick wall for you. Right. You now need some more cerebral coaching. And I think maybe this is John John Herdman sees a bit of the writing on both sides of the wall. Before I get exposed, I'm going to get a new contract somewhere else. Yeah, and I'm going to point at those guys and say fuckheads. Yeah, look, they blew it. There. And and as you said, that can be true too. For sure CSA can. is yeah. b- blowing it. It's a mess. I'm out before I can use that as my shield. Yep. And I'm on to the next thing. I got a contract somewhere else. And TFC has some superstars. They are, despite being just brutal, one of the highest paying teams still in MLS. Yeah. They keep going out and bringing in guys. We'll see uh, what he can do there. But I I think he's run for higher ground here a little bit. And I think think this is, you're going to see him become exposed. Yeah. Because as you suggest, they have in the past pay good money for talent like yep. when they were making their runs yep. to playing either in or winning championship games in MLS, mm-hmm. they had, they had big talent. And so you are talking about, you are now trying to go back to that same thing where you're going to need this talent to be tactically prepared. And, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. So instead of him going where I have to motivate these guys who I see five or six times a year. To now I see these guys every day and that yeah. shit, that shtick wears thin. Yeah. 
So we've been a little hard maybe on Herdman. Nope. Spot on, Matt. <laughs> I'm just curious, what is his legacy with, you know, soccer in this country? Because as I pointed out, when he showed up with the women's team, the women were already pretty good. Yep. But he took them to a couple medals at the Olympics. And then he flexed a bit and said, yeah, you know, there's other people interested in me. I'm going to leave or you'll give me the men's job. And he took the men's job, but for a while he did pretty well with it. Helped get them back on yeah, the of map. Course. Yep. So now he's sort of, as, as you and I, I think agree, he's pulling the shoot here a little bit. Does that hurt his legacy? Is he, you it, know, what, it, how do we remember John Herdman? It hurts his legacy right now. Yeah. Right now it hurts his legacy. Um, but that guy long-term will be a beloved figure in Canadian soccer, right? Handsome dude in the white dress shirt, <laughs> right? Yeah. Women love the guy. Yeah. And um, great accent. You can't have a soccer guy without having a British or uh, have a, a, a accent. UK accent of yeah. some kind, right? Yeah. No, we want to avoid the Spanish guy. Okay. I'm not sure how <laughs> we just... That says I know soccer, but it just doesn't. Hey, Jordi Fernandez just helped the Canadian men's yep. basketball yeah, team. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, there. I couldn't yeah. think of the guy's name, but I'm like, it's a Spanish guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is going to, he has already etched his, his name. And, and I think if and when he flames out with TFC and goes back to coaching a fourth division team in England, <laughs> then, you know, that'll be fine. But he will always have this decade of, of yeah. really of excellence. Yeah. And so... I think to me, yeah, you can't take away what he's done. Nope, yeah. and and you'll and you always have that. And so, I think he's he's wisely slash slyly <laughs> sort of making this move. Um, but again, as we said, two things can be true, and yep. and I think he is he can always say, yeah, I was leaving for that reason. When I think there's there's sort of two things happening there. Agreed. Anything else for this one, man? <whistles> nope. I think that's it. A lot of stuff here today. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of opinions. 100%, man. And uh, we're back at it. Regular now. Rob's been sort of, I don't know. It's, it's summertime. The last couple of summers has been, but hockey is coming. Hockey, hockey coming, is coming quick. The stretch run here, whatever's going to happen with the Blue Jays is about to happen in the next three weeks. Rob may have a blow a gasket, may yeah. have a stroke. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, it, it's going to be... It's, it's, it's an interesting couple of weeks ahead. I, I, I should mention, I suppose you are away next <laughs> regular, but not next week. Sort of <laughs> approaching regular. We are approaching regular, more brand in the diet, less yeah. cheese. Uh, I, I've sent out a couple of messages to some of our regulars to see who might want to sit in for you. It's the first Sunday of the NFL season. People are kind of giving me the, eh, maybe like, what is it? yeah, no, I, <laughs> tough Sunday to I, find. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I, my dad's 80th, right? We just, I think that's an excusable reason yeah. to, to not be here. got to do things. I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Lever Sage. Oh. We'll sit in the seat uh, next week. A man also not short on opinions. No, it's true. Uh, his Dallas Cowboys don't what? play until Sunday night. So oh, okay. I think we can get him in here on Sunday afternoon to do the, uh, the Monday show. And, and, and that is the plan at this point. He will have, he will have takes aplenty. There will be takes. Yes, there will. CM Punk's been fired, man, by AEW. Nobody cares about right. that. Okay. Although um, you and, you and Versage may We may do the entire hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Be forewarned, good, good listeners. Wrestling may be in your future. Could be. Could be. We got lots of great stuff to come here in the next few weeks. Uh, it is an exciting time of year in the sports world, so we'll be around for all of that, plus pints 
Always pints. Pints! Always pints. For Rob Christie, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a follow on social media at Audio, and we'll see you all next time. See ya! I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!